I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Also, my name's Kate Jinx. I'm Brody Lancaster, and on this episode, Jinxie and I are going to be traveling to Sicily to talk about season two of The White Lotus. Spoilers ahead if you are not up to date. But we will tell you where, how you can jump ahead in the show so you don't have to miss the entire episode if you're not up to date. Uh, BL is also going to talk to me about Fleischman is in trouble, which I have not seen, so I am in trouble. And also, our also also's. BL, it has been like too long, really too long. It feels like years have passed. I know we're um we're deep in ho 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 season, and the last time we spoke, <laughs> it was a uh, spooky season. You've had an entire international holiday since our last episode together. Yes, I went to India for to attend the film bazaar, which is like a film market in Goa. And it was my first time going to India and I loved every second of it. I, so I went to this film bazaar and, and then I went to uh, Udaipur and Jaipur in Rajasthan and met my sister who traveled over from Sydney to have a really like one of the best weeks of my life. I'm not even being, I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic at all. Like truly for once in my life. It looked, based on your Instagram posts, it looked like you were in a friggin' Pinterest board. Like I could not handle <laughs> how beautiful these places were that you were staying in. I want to go to all of them now. Yeah, at one point I remember texting you, BL, and your response was, are you in like the best exotic white lotus? White exotic marigold lotus, I believe, was my, was my message. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's basically where I am. Yeah. yeah, it was just wild. Like I just had such a great time. Mm. And so the first time in a very long time that I have been able to like wake up and pick what I'm doing that day, mm -hmm. you know, it's not like dictated by work or side hustles, etc. Yeah. 
I'm extremely proud of us for not trying to um, force a, a podcast recording during a really lovely, relaxing holiday. Don't pack a microphone in your carry-on. Don't do it, girl bosses. <sighs> no, do not do it. No, and I'm so glad that I did. Um, your girl got quoted in the India Times, which is exciting, oh, buddy. Oh, influencer. But I did go to see a guru in um, Jaipur oh, yeah. and I did not expect to see a guru that day but just happened on in there. And, um, yeah, I've been really thinking a lot about this, is, thinking a lot about the things he told is this me. A, is this a um, something that's shareable on the podcast or should we take the guru report offline? If we did like a Patreon or something, then maybe, but uh, no, this is not, this is not for <laughs> regular, regular uh, listening. This feels like a good moment to mention that if any listeners have a recommendation for a pet psychic, I am actively on the hunt for that experience specifically to talk mm. about Carol. Okay, good. Mm. I would love to. Actually, I don't. I don't need to know what's going on in Top Chef's mm. mind. I'm happy with with that the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> he wears he wears it all on his little sleeves. Yeah. I had a um a trip that is not at all comparable to that over the weekend. I went back to my favorite music festival, Meredith, best music festival on earth. I think that's comparable. It's just, a, it's all about just having a good time. It's not about actually where you go or where yeah, you stay. A different kind of transcendent experience was had on <laughs> Saturday after Caribou played. The, you know, everything just peaked at the exact right time um, and... You're just talking about the lights, right? I was talking about... It was a really good light show. It was the light show, but it was also me as a remix of um, Breathe by Kylie Minogue played to soundtrack <laughs> the famous Meredith light show, Sky Show, sorry, where the, you know, mm -hmm. lasers just dance across all the trees in the bush. It was gorgeous. It was great. Also saw Erica Decassier, who I really love, and Courtney Barnett, one of the standout performances of the weekend. I saw a lot of people posting her show. Oh my, it was, it's been a while since I saw Courtney live, not since she's put out her, um, her third record. And it was just, it was a freaking rock show. Um, it was so, so cool. And who else did I see? Well, Caribou played on Saturday night and then the Sky Show happened. And then after that, they did a little kind of 30th birthday, happy birthday, Meredith, we're all back um as uh this must be the place played and that was just like really joyful um and then Dan Snaith came back and DJ'd as Daphne um which was very 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 fun um yeah it was a, a standout standout year great weather freezing cold the first night warm enough to not even wear a jacket the second night it was it was great and I I think you can hear in my voice that it has <laughs> Build me up and emptied me right back out again. <laughs> um, uh, how, how many times did you hear the White Lotus theme played at Meredith? The DJ, the interstitial DJ on Sunday morning, no, Saturday morning, was playing it as I sat down to, was it when I sat down to drink the coffee I'd waited an hour for or when I sat down to eat the falafel that I got because the souvlakis were all sold out. I forget. One of those times. I, but I heard it on Saturday. <laughs> and look, it went down a treat. I also played it in the car on the drive there and back. Of it course. slaps. Naturally. I also have a couple of shout-outs to podcast listeners who very sweetly came up and said hi over the course of the weekend. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, Georgia, who I have met before who I met in the bathroom of the Tote a few years ago. Classic meeting place. What a meet cute. Truly a meet mm -hmm. cute. She came up and said that she loves um, Sea Also, and that was very nice. And I said, sorry, no episode tonight because I'm today because I'm here, which I then repeated to everyone else. Bridget, <laughs> shout out to Bridget, who also loves the podcast. And Tom, who I have never met before, but who stopped me to say, excuse you, I love your podcast. Yeah, very cute. So I made a note I made a note of everybody 
who talked to me about it over the weekend. There was also someone else who I didn't meet, but their their friend Joe said, my friend so-and-so loves your podcast. I forgot your name. Sorry. So kind of a sh- half shout out to Joe's friend. <laughs> hey, Joe's, hey friend. Joe's friend. I, speaking of music festivals, I had a little private one of my own while I was in oh, India. Yeah. One of the weirdest experiences of my life, also one of the funniest experiences of my life. I was somewhere and I won't, I won't say where, but I was somewhere and I was being helped by one of the staff and she was very sweet and she was telling me about how much she loved, she really loved Ed Sheeran and I, I didn't know what to do with that information. Sure, um, wrong crowd. I was just like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, and I was trying to ask her about like Indian pop music and she was like, yeah, 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 but I just, I just love Ed Sheeran. And I was like, oh, that's fine, that's great, cool, good for you. And thinking like I can't really give, there's not much given, you know, I, I don't have anything to offer here. And my sister was in a, was actually, she just left and so it was just me and her and that's when this girl started talking about her love of Ed Sheeran. And then she said, actually, would you mind if I sang something to you? And I was like, okay, like, what can you say? You're just like, all right. And um, she waited till you were alone. (laughs) Yeah, she waited till I was alone in this room, this beautiful, beautiful room. I have to say it was a very romantic, very romantic room. It had been like hand painted 200 years ago. Gorgeous. I was drinking a little lime drink. It was lovely. Uh, and then she launched into a song that I had honestly just never heard before, so I had, did not know, but she launched into this song and she sang it like the whole song to me just staring into my eyes. Oh. It's like full staring. Oh. I was seated. She oh. was standing oh. up to give you an idea of like the awkwardness of it. And I was just trying to psychically connect to my sister, Sarah, like, please come back from the bathroom. Please come back from the bathroom. Do you need to see what is happening? Because it is too wild. Anyway, so there was all these lines about, like, I'm going to pull you to my breast. Okay, blah, blah, blah. I was about to say, I need to know what song it is because I'm imagining it's, I'm in love with the shape of you. Was it that one? No, it was Perfect by Ed Sheeran. Oh, okay. Which is now my song, I guess. Well, right? that sounds very romantic. <laughs> it was really odd, and I d- didn't know what to do afterwards. And I was just like, "Oh, that was great!" And um, and she was like, "Don't." And then she said, "Don't tell anybody." <laughs> <laughs> it's your little secret. <laughs> That's why I'm not saying where it happened, but uh, yeah, she. Don't tell uh, anybody. Know? And then, of course, the say. And then my sister came back, and we went through the motions, and I was just like trying really hard not to say anything and then as soon as we uh got outside I was like oh my god you'll never guess what happened well, you can't share the details in case people go there expecting that treatment and don't get it I think so uh anyway wow. it was that was really really funny and uh new appreciation for Ed Sheeran I suppose I just recently rewatched Bridget Jones's baby which I've only seen once a few years ago and I forgot that. He- I've never even heard of that. It's the third one. It's the one where Bridget Jones has a baby. And. Well, I got that from the title. Yeah. But I, 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 well, Ed Sheeran's in it because Bridget Jones oh. goes to Glastonbury at the start of the movie. Oh. They don't say it's Glastonbury, but it's Glastonbury. And when I was watching him in it, I was like, Jesus Christ, he's he's everywhere. Like, Remember the movie Yesterday? He had like a big role in that. The movie about <gasps> if the Beatles yes. didn't exist. Oh yes. I don't need mm, I, I don't need this it. crossover career from Ed. No. And he was in Game of Thrones. In that hot second I was watching that show. Well, anyway, his legacy lives on in Rajasthan. Wow, he'd be he'd I mean he's still alive. But <laughs> I mean he's got a worthy replacement, it sounds like. That is so funny, picturing you just sitting there smiling politely. <laughs> it was really, was a, was a lot. It was very funny. It was very, <laughs> it was pretty amusing. I've never had, I've never had someone like 
truly sing a song. It felt like the end of Bros, you know, when Billy yeah. Eichner is just singing his little heart oh, out to goodness. the country gay. The I, country I, was gay. The, I was the country gay. <laughs> you are the country gay. I'm the oh country gay. Oh, my God, when you wear your turtleneck in your rose garden, you're the country gay. <laughs> I had um I had a guy at Meredith. He didn't sing to me, but he did um kind of offer affirmations. I guess um you know when you're in a festival and you're with a group of friends and you have to get either in or out of a crowd of people and there's just a lot of like excuse me sorry excuse me sorry and you know that everyone you're walking mm-hmm. past has just had all your friends in a line walk past them before, so it's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. There was one moment where I was bringing up the rear of like four or five friends and as we pushed through there was a guy in like a big hat with big kooky glasses and a real f- you know one of those faces that you only ever see at a music festival and you're like what's your life like um <laughs> and as we went past I heard him say something to my friend in front of me and then to me and then to the person behind me and to each of us he was saying you are very good babies you are very good babies you are very good babies <laughs> And we got it. Wow, out. this is classic music festival behavior. And isn't I was it? just a bit like, yeah, we are very good babies. You are, yeah. Bill. You are. You're a girl boss baby. I'm a baby. girl boss baby. <laughs> what else has been happening in your world, Bill? Um, since we last potted, I um I got a new tattoo. Um oh. one that I have been waiting to get for quite a long time. Um, my friend Harley Jones is a tattooist who has a really cute style that I love and I wanted to get Carol's name (gasps) tattooed on my arm the crook of my arm which is where she likes to curl up and cuddle so that's her little spot now permanently oh she's just run into the room she heard me talking about her she knows um I also went to the movies and I finally saw the bones I saw Luca's I'm still yet to see the bones Luca Luca's bones are very beautiful bones. Yeah. Pe- beautiful boy bones. Beautiful boy bones, beautiful girl bones, beautiful old people yeah. bones. They're all there. People are, I guess, now that I've seen it, I'm, you know, not skipping past podcasts or articles talking about it. And I guess people are, like, very grossed out by a cannibal movie. But I kind of feel like the cannibalism, it's like the sea storyline of these two characters and Taylor Russell, my God, I could watch her for a year straight without blinking. She is such a star like to outshine Timmy is, is not easy. And she has done it. That's not an easy task. So I saw the bones. I also saw the Fablemans. I'm detecting some, well, dislike perhaps in your voice well i watched all of the fablemans and look could i have left 20 minutes in yes did i stay for (laughs) two hours and 20 more minutes yes Mm, it's the kookiest movie i've ever seen it's very it feels quite self-indulgent because a movie by a filmmaker making a movie about how much they love the art of cinema. Being obsessed no. with every scene in the Fablemans is four times as long as it needs to be. Like there's a mm. conversation that happens and you get the point of the scene and then it happens again and it repeats itself and everything is just so drawn out. It's like we get it. It's a family. The kid loves his camera, you know? Yeah. All right. That's BL Cinema Report. Okay, thank you. Yeah, what about you, Jinxie? I haven't seen anything new. I've seen a lot of things that are about to come out, um, but I haven't seen things that are just about to hit, I guess, or have just come out um, due to work stuff. But I did attempt to watch When Harry Met Sally on the flight over mm-hmm. to uh, to Delhi and was on an airline, was put on an airline that didn't have – a huge amount of choice in in the film, more than I thought it would. But uh, it did have When Harry Met Sally. I was very much enjoying watching it. And then it got to the famous Katz's Deli scene. I'll have what she's having. Except I never got to that stage because the second Meg Ryan started to question Billy Crystal's, you know, has he actually made that many women orgasm, they just cut the scene. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was like, 
fully edited, but like nothing's happening on screen. Or oh my anyway, god. so that was highly amusing. Um, but watched much else. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am enjoying. The L word Gen Q, though, it started up again uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think there are three or four episodes out. Uh, Remember when we were talking about Queer as Folk a few months ago, which has not been renewed Mm. for its second season, which is a bit of a bummer. One of the characters said, it's better than I thought it would be about L word Gen (laughs) Q, and that's how I feel about it. It's, you look, it's, it's kind of, it's fun. I think if you've dropped off, um, because the younger characters like aren't as compelling, I will say, and they continue to not be compelling and in fact quite boring, quite dull. There is enough happening on other levels within a show for it to be worth a watch. Mm, okay. I'm in a TV searching point right now. I want to open up the request box for some new series to watch over my uh, holiday break. There's a bunch of stuff that I've missed. Like, should I watch Reservation Dogs? I know nothing about it. Should I finally watch Devs? Should I watch Halt and Catch Fire that I have been hearing about for years and never been tempted to watch? I just watched that new show, The Flat Share on Paramount, which was... I have never heard of this show. It's been advertised a bunch lately. The concept is like very, it's based on like a um, kind of like a rom-com-y novel. The premise is that this guy who works uh, night shifts needs to make some extra money. And so he rents out his apartment to someone who works normal working hours. So he has the flat from 8am till 8pm. And this girl who's newly broken up with has it from 8pm till 8am. And so the idea is that they never meet, they never interact, they change the sheets every day so that they're not really like sharing a bed, but they start leaving post-it notes for each other and you can see where this is going. Mm -hmm. It gave me kind of similar energy to that Everything I Know About Love series that came out earlier this year, which was based on a Dolly Alderton book. That was kind of one of my kind of surprise standout shows of the year. I really oh. enjoyed that. Oh, cool, because um, I, I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like a nice way to spend a weekend. It's set in like specifically like 2010 to 12-ish era, which doesn't feel like an era, but when you see the outfits, you're like, oh, yeah, that was like a time, especially in the idea of like London uni student kind of looks like a very Alexa Chung inspired, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 year old girls, which I really liked. And yeah, there's new gossip girl season. I don't think I'm going to stick with the new gossip girl. That first season sucked ass. Oh my God. I did three episodes and I, and I wasn't like hugely into the first, the first version, but I did three episodes and I was, cause I wanted something to replace the froth of like the bold type. Yes. You know, and yeah, you know, it just didn't. And not, younger. Yeah, and younger. Yeah. And it just didn't, it didn't do it. Yeah, New Gossip Girl is not doing it. I really enjoy Sex Lives of College Girls. And there's a new, like, half season, like, seven episodes of that have just come out on Netflix. Have you watched Dairy Girls? Oh, I yes, should watch that, should. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched the latest season, but I love, love Dairy Girls. It's as good as everyone says. Have you watched Ozark? Because that is the one show that I have not seen that I'm like, oh, maybe I should get around to that. I have never seen Ozark, nor have I been tempted to. Okay. Should we start watching Yellowstone? All right. Well, I guess that's that's our open-ended question. What shows should we watch? Question mark. Yellowstone? <laughs> question mark Ozark. We've really got our fingers on the pulse, BL. <laughs> Yellowstone feels like it could be country gay. It's country at least. Sure. We've got a little homework for our listeners, not just to recommend us some new TV shows to watch, but also to do a little bit of watching in advance of some upcoming episodes. We've got a very special episode coming out very soon all about one of our joint favourite Christmas movies. Carol. Carol. 
Todd Haynes Carol. Todd Haynes is Carol, not my cat Carol, although <laughs> they share a similar kind of energy. They sure do. And then in the new year, we'll be back with Poodle episode covering one of Jinxie's and my joint beloved films, ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. If you've never seen it before, this is a great moment. But if you have seen it before, it's a great time to revisit. Yeah, it's very cool that um, actually Bikini Kill are, uh, have picked it to play at Acme in Melbourne and will be presenting that film. I think it sold out in a heartbeat, but uh, we actually recorded it ages ago. We and, recorded um, it so long ago <laughs> and talked about Bikini Kill in our episode. And then when we saw that was announced, we were like, oh, great. Ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains is such an incredible film. And Carol, so beautiful. And for that one, I am joined by Special guest, Chelsea Fairless, dear friend, uh, who is also the co-host of the excellent podcast, Every Outfit. So they are coming up very soon in your feeds. Ho, ho, ho from me and Jinxie. Of course, the show that we are going to get into, it just finished. Yes, I'm talking about The White Lotus. Yes, there will be a lot of spoilers. So if you want to... Keep spoiler free, check the episode notes, and it will say a little time that you can fast forward to. And in fact, I am going to insert a little noise here when I'm editing so that you have time to press pause and then skip. Oh my God, thanks, future Jinxie. So, The White Lotus season two wrapped up this past week. The Residents of Sicily will never be the same again, question mark. <laughs> Some of them are much more well off than they were before these Americans sailed on in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how how are you feeling? Jinxie, you just watched it today. I watched it yesterday when we're recording this. It's um it's still pretty fresh. How are you feeling about the the results of the finale? Yes, I am like two hours on from watching this. I've got to say first off that I have so enjoyed this season and so enjoyed having this show drop each week, whereas Handmaids dropped each week and I felt compelled to keep watching because I've been watching episode goddamn long, but I was like, oh, that episode's out, now I have to watch it. Whereas The White Lotus, I was like, yes, it is It is out, it's time. What a treat. Such a treat. Um, so that has been great, but also because I'm like 24 hours late to the finale, it uh, it made me get off social media for once in my goddamn life uh, because I was so actually worried about spoilers. I really, really did not want to read anything. Like I did not want mm-hmm. to be spoiled about like on any factor of this. Like I didn't even want to see an image from a set, you know, I didn't want to know anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I had like crazy fan theories of my own. I I mean, I, of course it's kind of fun to guess, but I just really wanted to, I I just wanted it to unfurl. I just wanted Mike White to do his thing without me knowing. And then for me to like sit back blissfully unaware and take it all in, which is what I did. Mm. And it was delightful. Yeah, I feel like the theorizing this season, I don't know if it was happening last season and I just didn't notice it, but this season it really felt like the fan theories were inescapable to the point where friends would ask me what my theory was and I was like, I don't know, like there's going to be some light emotional devastation. That's <laughs> that's what I'm signing up for with a Mike White joint, you know. Yep. Um, I will go wherever it goes. But yeah, I, I I mean, I got sucked into it a little bit. I was like, well, there was that moment where Dominic made a point to say that Lucia and Mia were guests of the hotel. And so in episode one, when they say that bodies have been found in the hotel, maybe it's them because there's guests, whatever. But yeah, the, the nefarious gaze on the boat um, kind of became the the talking point of the last few weeks, didn't they? Especially after the the mysterious photograph of Greg and and Quentin, that kind of like broke back plot line that emerged 
in the the penultimate episode. Oh, I just love an evil gay. You know, I miss them. Love an evil gay. Love it. Love it. Would much prefer to watch an evil gay than like an earnest gay. And um, Uh I love that Mike White gave this one interview like before the episode came out where, um, what's his name, the disgusting Essex guy, Oh, Jack. Yeah, was having sex with his uncle Quentin. That Mike White said, I want to make gay sex transgressive again. <laughs> um, whether we know that it actually was incest or not, blah, blah, blah. But um, so hilarious. Just like, thank, thank you, Mike White. And how amazing that like Mike White is truly, I don't know, getting his due. I mean, he's. He's really made a lot of very famous films and TV shows, of mm. course. Like, people are like, where did this guy come from? It's like, ever heard of fucking School of Rock? It doesn't make him less of a weirdo, and it's so good that he pushes these films out and um, these TV shows out, and I don't know. Yeah. If anyone, I hope, I hope that people are watching Enlightened because of this also, you know? Yeah, Enlightened and, like, Year of the Dog and, you know, yeah. we mentioned beer trees at dinner a few weeks ago yeah the stuff that he's been doing for years and years is so connected to what he's doing on the white lotus i really love too when he you know white lotus cleaned up at the globes this year and he made that speech where i think it was like the third acceptance speech he'd made that night where he essentially was like you know on survivor when someone does really well they're seen as a threat and i just want everyone to know that like i'm still an underdog so please still give me money to make stuff like i'm not a big I'm not a big dog. Um, I'm still <laughs> little indie, uh, you know, Mike White. Like, please keep supporting me. Don't hate me. <laughs> so um, good. We've talked at length about in previous episodes about his um, entanglements with reality television and being mm-hmm. on the, what is it, the Great Race, the Amazing, Amazing Race, Race and, and Survivor. Survivor. But I also love that he talked about how in this season of the white lotus when there'd be like a really tense scene and then it would cut to like a really choppy ocean that yeah, he'd, waves crashing yeah that he had taken it from survivor and then that's what they do on survivor yeah. i love that yeah so good that was, in the, was that the fresh air interview with i think um, so yeah yeah terry gross yeah that was that was truly truly so funny also Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In that interview with Terry Gross, he talked about um, taking inspiration from Laverne and Shirley. Yes! And thinking of Lucia and Mia, the two sex workers in season two, as these kind of Laverne and Shirley type characters. And I just had that in my head in that final that final moment of season two where they're arm in arm, they've got their money, they've found their marks and they fucking, you know, executed their plans mm-hmm. perfectly. Yeah, um, Schlemiel, Schlemazel, but Italian. Uh, yeah, that actress who plays Lucia, role of the fucking century, getting to, like... Getting to sleep with Michael Imperioli and then that like beautiful actor whose name I don't know who plays Albie. What a dream. I mean, give give her the trifecta. Give her F. Murray Abraham as well. What a dream <laughs> role. Um, how good that Albie got scammed. I loved oh, it. Yes, totally. I was really I was waiting for Albie to turn into a kind of 
capital N, capital G, nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, in this in the style of not Jake Lacey in season one, but Jake Lacey in Girls. Remember when he dated Hannah in Girls? Yeah. And when she didn't want to date him anymore, he he turned into like, I'm so nice to you, you dumb bitch. Like that was that was a part of me. Like you know, they'd set up Albie as this kind of like you know university educated male feminist whose understanding of the world and like gender politics came from a classroom and not from like any lived experience with like real life women and so i was kind of nervous about <laughs> how how his character would like you know morph as he maybe realized he was being scammed or as Porsche like mm. fucked him over or whatever and so that was quite sweet. I just really loved where those three characters ended, all checking out the same woman at the airport. Yep. This idea of like, no matter how much you fight it, you're just going to turn into the man who raised you. Yep. A new version of him. Yeah, I, that was such a good scene. And I yeah. loved Portia getting Albie's number at the end of it all. <laughs> Portia, <laughs> Portia in her like horrifying sunglasses and they scarf were terrible, and, I know. Oh, I oh. mean, you and I, there's been a lot of talk about Porsche's outfits mm-hmm. in the last few weeks. As you know, I thought I had a real piping hot take about Porsche's outfits about a, a month ago and then um, didn't do anything with it. And so much more articulate and clever writers like Rachel Tashin have already articulated basically everything I was thinking. Rachel Tashin's piece was particularly good. That's the best one I've read on it about oh, like the yeah. overall kind of styling of the White Lotus um, and also comparing it to season one, but with a particular interest in Porsche's uh, fashion sense or lack of of just like mm. everything is these like short these short life cycle trends like yeah those first few episodes watching Porsche it was especially she's dressed from Instagram yeah or TikTok as well like the first episode where she is hanging out with Jack and the gays at the pool club the first episode where she kind of ditches Albie. And she has this bikini top and then kind of like a crocheted, like shrug, long sleeve, like shrug almost. (laughs) I just, I, that's when it clicked for me. And I was like, oh, she looks at Emma Chamberlain's outfits and goes and buys them from like, she buys like Ghani ripoffs and (laughs) she's an Etsy customer. I think she's a hundred percent Depop, that girl. Total, total Depop. She... I described it on my Instagram story as like the Lisa says guyfication of fashion. <laughs> Very this, much. Like, this store in LA that is is extremely kind of like cutesy, cow printy, swirly print sets and things like that. Yeah, I think last year that um that look was described as uh, Avon Basic. Um and that's great. Which, which is is really Portia. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, the knitted vests and the the charm phone case, you know. Megan Fahey, though, like our girl Sutton, she she didn't have a gun, but she still fired a few shots by the end of the season. Oh, and she was so good in the finale when she takes oh. Ethan, well, when Ethan takes her aside and it's like, I think something's going on and she delivers this very sad speech with so much conviction. God, she's so good in it. And then, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it was we're led to believe that something went on between them, of course. Yeah. And I love that um, Mike White doesn't wrap everything up in a bow. You're still kind of like, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's like there's stuff to discuss between, yeah, Harper and Cameron and then and then um, Daphne and Ethan as well. I guess the overarching like hypothesis for the series is about like sexual relationships being like these transactional things. There's always like a winner and a loser or someone needs to get something from interpersonal relationships, which is like a pretty grim idea, but also quite true. And that Megan Fahey's character was just like, I just need to not be the victim of my life and I need to do whatever it takes to not see myself that way. And I was like, oh, this is like, 
is this going to go on a post-it on my bathroom mirror so that I can read that in the morning? Oh, no. Someone's going to In like an affirmative way, not a depressing way. Like I don't know that there's a not depressing way of of saying that sentence. I feel like I'm going to see it on Instagram um, and people will share it, but it will be in like beautiful typography and really fun colours. You know? Oh, yeah, it's going to be cross-stitched on a pillow. Oh, God, no. There was um all the Mount Etna kind of mm. stuff in that final episode, the, like, slow eruption and, you know, we got the final shots of those two couples sitting back-to-back, this kind of, like, mirror image of one another in the airport and there was just that, like, kind of, like, classic 70s travel photography, fire of love style (laughs) photo of an erupting volcano behind the both of them. I think my highlight of the entire season was in the final episode when Aubrey Plaza looks at Cameron or Harper looks at Cameron over the table and just says, you're an idiot. And I like hooted when she said that. I was just like, I've been waiting for this the entire season for her to say this like, really quite damning thing to this character. I just, I loved it. So good. We have not even talked about Jennifer Coolidge. We have not even gone (laughs) into Jennifer Coolidge. Tanya, Tanya, she, she had her final experience, death. (sighs) Peppa Pig. (laughs) Oh. Oh. The fact that we don't see what she is doing we just see her face and the gunshots going off. There was a moment where I was like, this is this is so comical, but also this is what I would do. It was the same with Portia. Like she's essentially being like trafficked and kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's that's what I'd do too. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know enough to not run. You know you can't go anywhere without you anywhere without your phone. So you're like, all right, I guess I'll just go with this guy. He's probably gonna murder me. <laughs> God, that's maybe you do need that <laughs> affirmation in air quotes on your mirror. Um, Jennifer Coolidge's last line being, You got this <laughs> to herself. You got this. And of course, she didn't. Oh, I loved it. I love that she didn't take those heels off. I love that she like got so far and then, of course, could not win. And nor should she have. She's, she's quite a despicable character as much yeah. as we goddamn love her because Jennifer. Oh. Coolidge so good but her shooting herself out of that situation with just like looking down like not even looking at what she was shooting and managing to get away with it was just one of the most brilliant scenes like it was just fantastic and there's a really good interview with her that we should link to in Vulture and she's talking about how She's talking about using the guns and she said, uh, I had a gun before in one other movie, but somehow this was the first time I felt very out of control. I really liked that. When we were shooting, it felt like I could even have shot myself. <laughs> this is like the most perfect Jennifer Coolidge note uh, on that yeah. scene. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She just, there were moments this season where Tanya felt a little kind of caricaturish to me. Like I was kind of like, Oh, is Jennifer Coolidge just it's 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 like did the world go, hey, character actress, do the thing that we like you to do, you know? It felt like it was very amped up, but at the same time I mean, I could watch it all day. I could watch it forever. And I never felt like that because she's mm-hmm. I know that she's such good friend like really old good friends with Mike White and that he yeah wrote it for her I just never I I did see people reading that a lot and like oh he's just written all these lines so that people can screenshot it and make memes out of it I don't Mm. I think that's super cynical and yeah totally but I don't know I just never maybe I was just so happy to go along with Peppa Pig that I was just so pleased (laughs) there was like just a very funny tweet I saw today that was essentially that a beloved character actress like a very camp character actress being like kidnapped by a group of gay men who want to like take her for all she's worth is kind of like how how like gay internet culture treats character actresses that they love, you know? I mean, sure. It's just also like a John Waters movie, though. It's like it's essentially yeah, Cecil yeah, yeah. B. Demented and, like, I'm down with that. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it too. And I, 
it was one of those shows, I think, when we talked about the first season, we were both like, it was perfect. We don't need a season two. And now I'm like, yeah, yeah I could have a season three. Come on. I could keep watching yeah, this. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to do a, a season two rewatch now. Just go back right to the start. See what I missed first time around. Thank you, Mike White, for blessing <laughs> us. Hey, guys, check out The White Lotus if you have <laughs> Hey, one TV show that you should probably watch, BL, I've just thought of, mm. Mad Men. Have you heard of it? <laughs> <sighs> hey, guys, not sure if you've ever heard of this thing called Prestige TV. It started with this show called The Sopranos. Check it out. <laughs> also, shout out to HBO because truly, like, appointment TV watching every week around the world, like... No one else is doing it anymore. That's divine. It's divine. What do we have next? And just like that, I guess. Yeah, I think so. That's Um, the big next HBO appointment show. I've got a couple of C also's for White Lotus. mm -hmm. Uh, One is a little film you might not have (laughs) heard of. I'm joking. Um, But it's it's very linked. Uh, Triangle of Sadness is just about to hit Australian cinemas. I think there have been a couple of previews, but it's – one of the very big Boxing Day movies here. Of course, it's been out in the States and um, around the world. It premiered at Cannes earlier this year. We played it at MIFF. It's the new film by Robin Ostlund. It is such an incredible, funny, tragic film about, I mean, very rich people on a boat, essentially. Um, And it's like the 0.05% instead of the 1% all about power dynamics and how power corrupts us all, basically. Anyway, it's it's a really fantastic, like, two and a half hours in the cinema. I, I saw it in Cannes and then I actually went to see it at MIFF with a full audience just because I wanted to see it again with, like, other people, it, like, truly enjoying the film around me. Yeah. People were screaming in the cinema. It was so <laughs> fun. Anyway, I will definitely go back and see it again. It's like... A great in-cinema movie. Yes, it's just so good. And, of course, if you haven't seen his other films, highly recommend The Square, but Force Majeure will always be my favourite of his, I think. Mm. Um, And then one last one, if you want something slightly less funny and, like, a little bit more on the bleak side but still uh, rich white uh, Europeans on holiday in Italy, uh, mm. struggling with power and class privilege. Uh, you should see the film Silent Land um, by the Polish director. I'm going to stuff this up. Ega Wojnishka. Uh, essentially, it's about this extremely blonde couple who go to this uh, <laughs> <laughs> to this Italian island. And they're really annoyed because the place that they're staying in, the pool hasn't been finished. God, we've all been there, right? And they're very angry about it. And the person who is working on the pool has a tragic accident. And it's all about them reckoning with what they did or didn't do. Anyway, it's a fantastic film. I think it like premiered at TIFF last year. Anyway, really great. It's played a lot of festivals. But, yeah, Silent Land is now streaming on both Binge and Stan in Australia, I believe. And it's really, it's a really, really great film. So another show that's been out week to week, another relationship drama about wealthy people that I think in all of the White Lotus chat, I don't know, hasn't been getting as much attention which kind of surprises me because it's based on a very, you know, a best-selling, very hypey book from a few years ago. Um, the book and the show, both called Fleischman is in Trouble, both written by Taffy Brodessa Ackner, the uh, very famous writer of Profiles, Celebrity Profiles, who wrote this fiction book a few years ago. You read it, right, Jinxie? I loved it. I loved that book. Yeah. And I really loved her Celebrity Profiles, which she inserts herself into so much, which is like slippery slope a lot of the time, Ooh. but she's very good at it. That Gwyneth oh, yeah. Paltrow one was particularly epic. She Taffy really earns those uh, $4 a word that she Ooh. was re- <laughs> reported to have been paid a few years ago. The show is, it's airing on, uh, or you can find it on Disney Plus in Australia. I think it's a Hulu production. It stars 
uh, Jesse Eisenberg and uh, Claire Danes as the central couple, the Fly- Toby and Rachel Fleischman. Um, and, you know, the premise of the show, it really closely follows the structure of the book, which is basically that um, Toby Fleischman wakes up one day and his wife is nowhere to be found. She is not at the yoga retreat that she says she went on. She drops her, they're newly divorced. She drops their children off at his house when he's not supposed to be taking care of them. There's kind of this setup where, you know, Taffy, Brodessa, Ackner says in interviews, um, interviews around the book and also now around the show coming out that when she noticed that her friends in their 40s were getting divorced, the men were having such a good time on dating apps, kind of like reveling in like younger women or just like the freedom of not being married anymore and the women were not having as much fun. And watching that play out in this show feels quite different to the book. The show is, I don't know, Jinxie, I'm really curious for you to watch it, but at the same time, I don't know if I recommend it. Mm. Um, I mostly just want to talk about it because I find the show quite, uh, uh, is grading the right word? It feels like it's not a very good TV show is what it feels (laughs) like, you know. I'm pretty sure that Taffy wrote, it all and it's very loyal to her book um but at the same time that's not always a good thing Mm, um yeah especially a book that is so it's so exposition heavy you know like it's told from this narrator who you find out partway through the book is toby's college friend who in the show is played by lizzie kaplan and I think if I hadn't read the book, I wouldn't stick with the show because, like, I know where it's going and I want to see how it handles the Rachel of it all. But the style of uh, this, you know, dramatic TV show is it just you're watching it and you feel like you're watching a a book adaptation, like an adaptation of a novel. They, They spoke about this on the podcast Everything is Fine recently and they kind of echoed some some feelings that I had about it, which is basically that the acting, Jesse Eisenberg and, and Claire Danes, like, you know, they're incredible actors, but you feel like they're in a play, like miming background actors because the Lizzie Kaplan voiceover is telling you about an argument that they're having and you're just watching them silently having it in the background as the camera's, like, moving through their apartment. And um, it's very empathetic to the Toby character who despite that you you read him as kind of like a shitty a shitty guy he's he's got this perspective on his wife that um he sees himself as uh not to not to bring it back to Daphne but he sees himself as such a victim of his own life you know his mother gave him all these like body image issues growing up and and he was always going to marry like a kind of dominant partner and and Rachel's always going to be the villain because she had this rough childhood and she's really striving for more and he's never going to be enough and and all of this but uh, that's that doesn't make for a very fun viewing experience you know yeah I mean look when I because I really enjoyed the book so much and when I read that this was being made I just thought how's she going to do that? How's she going to do it? Like, it doesn't yeah. feel like, you know, like you read some books and obviously they're written because the author wants to cynically turn it into a TV series, right? Mm. But they don't have an in to get there. And then you read other ones and you're like, I could see this on the screen. Whereas that one, I was like, no, I'm happy with this in book yeah, form. Thank book. you. Yeah. And, and I think there maybe is this idea that because it ha- deals with this like missing wife and then eventually, um, you know, this is discussed in the book's been out for a few years. So I hope I'm not spoiling this for anyone. But, you know, you eventually see things from Rachel's perspective. But you spent so much time with Toby that by that point that you're kind of sick of it. And so it doesn't have the same effect as something like a Gone Girl, for example, where you the mystery is solved once you start following the female protagonist or antagonist sure. in that case. Yeah. The cool girl. And, you know. The cool girl. Yeah, yeah. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel is not a cool girl. No. Um, she, you know, there's there's this plot point in it too, which was handled very 
sensitively in both the book and the TV show where, you know, Rachel's first experience with childbirth is really traumatic. She experiences like obstetric violence, like it's sometimes called medical rape. There was very recently like a a report done on this, um, the occurrence of this in Australian hospitals. But like you look, you Google that or you look up reviews of the show or the book that talk about that and um, and there's just not a whole lot out there that actually understands the trauma that this character has experienced. She's just like this, this bitch in the eyes of her ex-husband, which is quite a hard thing to watch on TV when you're like watching something for entertainment. Emily Gould wrote a piece about the book in the London Review of Books called Where's Rachel, which was like one of the few takes on that book that I thought really truly understood like the dynamic or the depths of that character. And yeah, I, I've just been listening to Taffy on so many podcasts talking about this show and every time there's kind of something new that she's talking about, you know, she she was on the long form podcast talking about how the money you make from a TV show is like so much more than anything you'd ever make from writing a book or a profile. And I was like, okay, $4 a word. <laughs> <laughs> but then she was also on like the Slate Money podcast talking about how you know, Toby's character, he's making $300,000, but is actually really poor in the context of the Upper East Side. And that's quite hard to listen to as much as it might be true. You know, and then she was on The Waves, which is Slate's like feminist leaning podcast talking about how, you know, part of the Lizzie Kaplan character was based on after she had children, the suburban mums, like not inviting her kids on play dates because she was a working mum and they were stay at home mums. Like there's just all this stuff that is really like layered on this show. That's making me really resistant to it outside of the fact that I just think it's not a very well-made show. Okay. Yeah. I look, I will, I will give it a watch over the break Mm. just because I'm so curious because I like the book, but yeah, it's one of those shows where you like, is this not getting picked up by like for reviews that much? Like, because it's the underdog or something, or is it just not that good? Yeah. Yeah. Fleischman is in trouble is in trouble is my take <laughs> because well, also it's based on a novel that has a very distinct beginning and end. So it, it has to be like a, you know, a limited series. Let's hope. Let's hope. There cannot be a season two, you know what I mean? No. Taffy, stick to the profiles and the novels. They're great. (laughs) The show, not very good. Oh, my God, it's time for our final also-alsos of the year. Um, No pressure. Mm, I know. And I'm feeling like... I hope people aren't coming to these for Christmas gifts because it's a bit late uh, if you are. There's only a couple of shopping days for Christmas when, when yeah. this episode comes out. But uh, you go first, BL. What's your first okay. also also? <laughs> My first one is a nail polish also, and um, it's the brand Hanami Nail Polish. They are a Melbourne-based brand, I'm pretty sure, and they make my favourite red polish that when I'm in between gel manicures or builder in a bottle strengthening manicures it is what I wear on my nails it has replaced OPI Cajun shrimp and also OPI a good mandarin is hard to find um so if you're if you're a fan of a you know an Alison Roman-esque orangey red Hanami nail polish excellent Excellent quality, great brush size, nice square bottle. It's got everything. You can buy it at Happy Valley in um, in Collingwood if you're a frequent customer, like Troy Savan. I wonder which colour is his. My first one is actually something that is on my Christmas list. Uh, it's a porcelain house number from Mud Ceramics, the incredible Australian ceramics porcelain company but they have shops all around the world in fact in their for their Brooklyn store last weekend they were giving uh like profits to Planned Parenthood last weekend so they're always doing really great things anyway fantastic company I love their stuff I've got a lot of their stuff 
but they started doing house numbers or apartment numbers uh, as a collaboration with uh, Vince Frost from Frost Design. But they're these really cute bubbly numbers that you can stick on your front door. And what's more, it's not just for homeowners, it's for renters because they give you three options when you're buying them. So about how you're actually sticking them on. Anyway, they're really cute. They come in two sizes and in a couple of different colors. And and these are just these cute, fun, lovely little things that I don't know, I'm like, I want to come home to, you know? I want to knock on that door, etc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My next uh I've got a sandal also, and I truly don't know how to properly pronounce these. I They're a Japanese sandal. I believe the brand is Suikoke, and the style that I love is the Kisei V um, or Kisei 5. I don't know if it's Roman numerals or if it's a V, um, <laughs> but they're a, they're a strappy Velcro sandal with a kind of like a very small platformy foam sole. And these are kind of like a lifelong favorite. And by lifelong, I mean the last like three years. I bought some in like 2020, have worn them to death. And just recently it was the one sale I took advantage of on Black Friday to buy a new pair um, to replace the ones that I have worn to death. So I got a fresh pair for summer and um, they're just the most comfortable, comfortable thing, especially if you have like bucked up flat wide terrible feet like I do, um, you can still wear a cute pair of sandals. My next one is something that I came across in India and fell in love with, and you can get it here and you can get it everywhere. It's a particular kind of, oh, mine's a sandal one too, BL, um, <laughs> but it's Mysore sandal soap. And it, I imagine you can just get it in like a lot of different Indian grocery stores. In Australia, you can get it from a lot of Indian grocery stores. Um, or there's a website called indiaathome.com.au because I've already uh, given out my the ones that I bought in India and had to replenish my stock. It is this really, really lovely soap, super cheap. Apparently, it's the only soap with pure sandalwood oil in it. And um, the packaging says that it keeps your skin glowing, soft, blemish-free, forever young and beautiful. Oh. My last one is a cookie also. I've been very tempted this year to host a uh, cookie party. I'm seeing them on my Instagram all the time. I feel like it's a very American Christmas tradition um, where you host and every guest brings a tray of, you know, a different type of cookie and then they take home one of each and make a little holiday cookie box. And it's something I am planning to do for Christmas in July when we have kind of like cozy, cozy, cozy Christmas traditions here. But this recipe is for um, the food stylist and cookbook author Susan Spungen's holiday cookies. Last year, the New York Times did this really beautiful package of her recipes and the decorations on her holiday cookies for the most part were inspired by contemporary artists. And my favorite ones and the ones that I'm going to be replicating are her uh, sugar peppermint flavored sugar cookies that she has hand painted in uh, a style inspired by Ellsworth Kelly. So she makes these square cookies and they have white frosting over them. And then she takes a kind of like red watercolor based frosting with a big paintbrush and paints lines across them. And then she mixes them all up. She mixes that grid up so that the lines are all broken. So they look like, you know, a painting. Cute. That sounds great. Really incredible. Oh, please invite me come July. I have been to uh, some cookie parties at Christmas in New York and it was always very, a very cute, cute, (laughs) cute time. Yeah, you can come. Thank you. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. That's very nice of you. Because we're all kind of pretty short on time with Christmas shopping, etc., and there is inevitably someone you will forget. We've all been there. Uh, vouchers can be like a boring thing to give people, right? But it's really nice to give someone a subscription, particularly to like a gallery or a theatre if you can. Mm. Um, 
the best present I got last year, I would say, was um, from my sister, thank you very much, was a membership to Heidi, which is one of my favourite galleries in Melbourne. And it just has been so nice to, you know, like just be able to pop in whenever I want and get invited to the, you know, the cute things involved, the openings of the shows, etc. But also to know that your money is going back to a really nice um, organization. Oh, yeah. We love Heidi. We love the cherry blossoms. Love those cherry blossoms. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, we'll be covering Carol and ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains in upcoming poodles. So uh, seek out those movies now and have a watch um, so that you can listen along and know exactly what we're talking about. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Five star rating and a little review would be lovely. Would be lovely. What a Christmas gift you could give to us. <laughs> begging, begging over here. Um, no, but we really do love reading them and it's so nice to to hear from listeners. Follow us on Instagram at See Also Podcast. And as ever, a huge thank you uh, to Samuel Hodge for our imagery and to Harvey Sutherland for our wonderful, wonderful theme music. See you next year. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.